0: Yo, Tap Podcast with myself, Daps. Guys, listen, man. I've got it on today. I've got it on today, but you know what? We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into it. I think, first, as always, like, subscribe, share, all of that good stuff. Um, You know, just going to get into some admin, some, some you know, church announcements and all of that. So I think we're gonna start by saying my documentary, Son of the Soil, is actually out now on the counterattack YouTube. Love to those of you who have actually seen it. Love to everyone who's actually commented and reposted it and everything. Um if you're listening audio wise and you're not really a regular on the um on my YouTube, then go and check out on my YouTube, Counterattack podcast YouTube, Son of the Soil, my documentary showing when I went back to Nigeria to a club that I played for in the Nigerian Premier League. In case some of you don't know that I actually did play football before. And um yeah, we can just get the numbers up and engage and just share it. I'm trying to get it picked up. I'm trying to get it, you know, on you know, a BBC or whatever. So yeah, let's let's keep running that up, guys man. It's on it's on the YouTube channel. Um yeah, just go, just just go check it out. But also, um, what else? Keep liking, subscribing, sharing. In the comments, as always, let me know who you want me to get on the podcast because the guests are going to start flowing. Because I know some of you are getting used to this, just me business, but no, no, don't get used to it because the guests are going to start coming back and everything. Fun of me. Right. Ah, Where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Yeah, you know what? This ain't gonna be one of those podcasts where I'm impartial. So if you don't wanna hear, nah, nah, forget that. Listen, I'm happy today, man, that like, I'm happy. I'm um it's been a big weekend of Premier League football, man. And, you know, between the Manchester Derby, um, the North London derby, there's been a lot at stake and And it's been almost the perfect weekend for Arsenal in regards to results-wise. And I'm going to start off with the North London derby. So, obviously, yesterday now, United lost. I mean, United beat Man City 2-1 at Old Trafford. And I'm not going to talk about that game yet, but it just meant that it was important for Arsenal to to really, like, seize the opportunity to go eight points clear. at this In this league, like, with City chasing you, you have to... Oh, it's ripped. That's going to really annoy me. But yeah, in this league, you have to really take the chances you can because... I think I've said this on another podcast before. If there was any other team chasing us in the Premier League right now, I'd think we're going to win this league. But because it's City, because it's City, and City have the capabilities of literally going unbeaten to the to the end of the season, I'm I'm literally on that one game at a time thing, one game at a time, but. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I can't believe this is Arsenal as as we know it. I can't believe. After 10 games, I was just like, you know, one game at a time, it could change. You know, 15 games, one game at a time, it can change. We're halfway through the season and we are eight points in front of Man City. And at this point, whether you want to admit it or not, we are in a title. We are in a in in a, in a title race. I think you can't do anything but take it a, a game at a time because it is such a long season. But we're in such a good position to to go on and and do something. And and I'm going to talk about today's game. Like so, the tough thing about North London derbies is that form goes out of the window. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but all form is out of the window with these derbies. And we've seen over the years where Arsenal be on good form, Tottenham will just come and just do what they do. We've also seen when Tottenham might be in good form and Arsenal just come and get them out of here. Like last year, when they came to Emirates and we beat them 3-0. So I think going into this, into today's game, I was, a, I was a bit more on edge than I usually am. Cause normally I'm just like I just need to, I just need Arsenal to just get this, you know, get this over the line or whatever. But today, because of what was riding on this game, I was a bit on edge. I'm not gonna lie to you, because we, we all know that when we go to Tottenham in recent years, things just last year, Rob Holding something like that would just him get sent him getting sent off or whatever. So I don't know, you just never know. But I'm not gonna lie to you. The moment the starting lineups came out, I thought to myself, nah, Arsenal have got this. We probably played our strongest team, bar Jesus, obviously, but obviously, Inketia is in good form. But when I saw their team and I saw Saar in midfield, inexperienced at, at this level, inexperienced in the Premier League, and I saw, this is the big one, when I saw Sessignon, I thought to myself, what is happening here? Why is Cessignon playing? ahead of Perisic in these big games you'd think Conte would go with the guys that he knows he can just go to the trenches with guys that he knows can can put in a performance and whatever and I was just really surprised that Perisic didn't, didn't start that match and it's, it's funny because Tottenham start slow but the first 10 minutes of this game they actually started quite well and they were actually like doing bits and, and and everything, but, I think, once Arsenal started to, settle down, and, control possession, that first half, honestly, it's as good as, a first half as you'll see this season, probably our best first half, and that's just off the top of my head, because, some of the patterns of play, that we're doing right now, from back to front, everyone just looks like, they know what they're doing, and it is so fluid, everyone is comfortable, everyone has the option, Everyone just wants to, it's not like a hot potato thing. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has a clear picture in their mind of how we want to play. We all know the relationships we, we, that we have with each other. Like it's, it's just so good to see. And and that first half, what compounded it for me was was Saka, if I'm being totally honest. I think Saka up against Sessanya. I think Conte is probably going to be in his bed right now just thinking to himself, why did he do that? Why did he pick Cessonio um, over Perisic? Because, and it's funny, but and I don't, I don't like doing the comparison thing. But me and my boys in my in one of my group chats, we always talk about Foden, Saka, and Saka be, I mean Foden being seen as this generational talent, and Saka just being seen as like a good player. And I'm of the I'm of the opinion that Saka isn't a generational player. Very, very, very good player with all the potential in the world. But, and I think he's actually a better player than Saka in terms of ability and whatever. But in regards to straight up, who, who is effective, who affects games, Saka is he's unreal. He's unreal. And he gave Sesseño a torrid time in that first half. He 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 was, he had him on toast and... His IQ in regards to when to dribble, when to just pass it off, when to cross, do you know what I mean? Is it's it's unreal, man. He's and honestly, if he is top five players in the Premier League right now. And and I understand that I might be biased as an Arsenal player, but honestly, I I don't see I don't see five players better than him in the Premier League right now. No way. Like and and he's his output is his end product. Do you know what I mean? Just his overall game is just one of a player who is much older than he is. Do you know what I mean? Every we're seeing it week in, week out. And this is what we wanted to see. It's not it's not just inconsistent anymore. It's it's consistent burning of defenders. It's consistent having an he's consistently having an impact. And yeah, he's that first half, you know, obviously his his cross or cross shot, or whatever, I'm giving that to him in it? it. It, came off Lloris. Lloris, you know what, Lloris, yeah, it's mad though, because everyone can see that Lloris is past it. Everyone can see that Lloris has bare mistakes, but, it's like we'll just forget, every couple of weeks, until he does it again. Do you get what I'm saying? And, I can't see him being Tottenham goalkeeper next season. This is last year. I don't know, maybe this is last year, but, yeah, his mistakes are, are. it's becoming too much. It's becoming th- 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 there's there's too many mistakes happening in it, and um yeah. So after that first goal's gone in, I'm looking at Tottenham and I'm like, Tottenham just looks so defeated. Tottenham just looks so defeated. Arsenal just looked in total control, and Arsenal just looked like a team that is just levels above. You see how years years gone by, even now. City just dominate games and teams just don't have an answer for it. That was us today. Do you know what I mean? Like you're looking around at Tottenham and I think the worrying thing about Tottenham is that there's no one there bar Kane who can, and Kulazewski, but even in that first half, he didn't do anything. There's no one there who can really change things or who could get a grip of the game. No one. You've got Romero flipping making things much worse and and diving into tackles. And how he stayed on that pitch today, I don't know. I don't know how, how he stayed on that pitch. But, yeah, he was just all over the place today. He had Longley. I don't know what Longley is. I can't believe Longley is even... I don't know what they see in him. Do you know what I mean? And and Hoiberg, saw You know what? And I felt sorry for Sa. The reason why I felt sorry for Sa is because he's young, inexperienced at that level, and... He got thrown in today, and he just looked like he wasn't ready. He looked like he wasn't he wasn't ready. Tottenham's midfield looked very light, so it was Heiberg. Um, five is two in it, yeah. So Heiberg, Sa, I'm missing someone out, but it, it it will come. Actually, I'm not even missing anyone. Them two in the middle just got overrun and just got outplayed by Party, Xhaka, and Odegaard. Like it was. And oh my gosh, listen the way Arsenal play, yeah. So, in the middle, you're gonna have Xhaka, you're gonna have Party, you're gonna have Odegaard against Sa and Um Heiberg. It was just unfair. And what didn't help who and Ramsdale got man in the match, but you see Zinchenko, yeah. Zinchenko. He just created a crazy overload. That guy is playing however many positions in one go. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, like I said, Saar and um, Hoiberg were struggling to keep up with Xhaka, Party, Odegaard, trying to lock down Odegaard. But then you've got Zinchenko just popping up and controlling things. Controlling things from left back, coming into centre midfield, controlling things again, setting the tempo. And he just compliments our style of plays like to a T and he is one of the buyers of the season. Zinchenko is one of the buyers of the season. I can't believe Man City let go of him. Technically, crazy baller. Do you know what I mean? I call him the Ukrainian Kimmich. The Ukrainian Kimmich is just, he'll give you 65 to 70 minutes of his best work. After that, I can't lie. Once he gets tired, you might as well put Andre Santos there because when he gets tired, everything just goes out the window. But then we have got Kieran Tierney. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think Zinchenko was was levels today. He was playing at such a high level. And I think in regards to the way Arteta wants to play, Zinchenko is he is the guy for that system. It's like he knows it down to a T. He is the perfect player to be in that system. And yeah, he was he 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 played outstanding today. Do you get know what I'm saying? And And I think what I'm also impressed with, if we're talking about that game, is the second half we knew, second half we knew that Tottenham were going to come out and, you know, try and get their comeback and whatever. And this is what I've been saying about Tottenham. Tottenham start slow. They concede goals, one, two goals, and then they come back. They've been called the comeback specialist of this season. But you can do that against smaller teams. You can't do that against the bigger teams. You can't do that against the teams with real quality. And even when they come back against smaller teams, they're just about coming back. Just about coming back. And, you know, Arsenal did well. And Ramsdale, in that second half especially, he he made he made a couple big saves. That one from Cessinho, massive save. Massive save. And, and if Arsenal are going to go on and win the league, you need a good goalkeeper behind you. You need a good goalkeeper, in, in, like in behind that defense. And Aaron Ramsdale, he's he's on his way to becoming England's number one. I'm sure of it. I think by the end of this year, he will probably be probably be England's number one. I think, I think what he's he's growing into. When he came to Arsenal, he had a couple good games. He was, we could see the potential was there. Whereas now, he's actually growing into a more rounded keeper in regards to like, his takes from corners and, and free kicks. He's coming out and he's commanding the box. Do you get what I'm saying? And he's settling it down. And, you know, we, we didn't really talk to him. I mean, not much has been said about Gabriel and Saliba in front of him today. And even though Saliba over the last couple of weeks since the World Cup hasn't quite looked he's looked the same, you can tell that he's getting back to it. So he spent a couple of weeks not playing because he went to the World Cup Obviously, he didn't play. But... You can see he's slowly getting back up to speed. And today he looked back to his old self. Gabriel, honestly, man, he's he's just he's he's different, different quality. And and I think a lot I think people should praise Gabriel more than they actually do. And I think I think this season, Gabriel's performances have gone under the radar. And and I remember early on in the season, people were talking about Gabriel, like he's a weak link. And I don't like that. I didn't like it then, and if you go through my tweets, search my tweets, you'll see that I absolutely did not like that. And Gabriel, honestly, for me, he has been the outstanding centre back in our team. Saliba gets all the plaudits, but Gabriel is the one who, who has been the better, who's been the better player, even when Saliba's looked out of sorts. Gabriel um, has helped, has carried him through like some of them games, and and he's becoming a real leader in the back. He's becoming one of the Premier League's best defenders. I'm not going to say he's the best defender now. Let, let me just see how it goes. And and between the both of them, honestly, that's some partnership. And if we can get good backup to them, then we'll just be, you know, in in, in good stead for the future. And and what I'm also going to say is is an honourable shout out to to Thomas Partey. I think Thomas Partey is probably Arsenal's most important player. I think what he does in that midfield. <sighs> Thomas Party. He breaks up play. But not only that, his passes are so progressive and he's always trying to look forward. And I didn't like how he was playing in the first 10 minutes. He was sloppy, he, was, he looked a bit off it. Like I, I was thinking, Thomas Party, you gotta wake up. But as as the half went on, he just grew into it and he just started to control it. Absolutely. He's on his way to becoming a world-class player. I'm not going to say he's world-class now because he's not, but he's on his way to doing it. And like I said, he's He allows Odegaard to receive the passes in like you can see when he gets the ball, he's always trying to find that pass into Odegaard in, in in them spaces. And and I know this is very Arsenal heavy. I'm going to come off Arsenal in a bit, but just no. We're going to talk about them for now. So and yeah, so he's always looking for Odegaard. He's always trying to do them little round-the-corner passes to Odegaard and let Odegaard go and do what he needs to do. But he's he's just operating on a different level as well. And I, I can't say enough good things about Thomas Party. I think oh, he... Arsenal do needs to find a good understudy for him because what he does, we don't have a player that can do that right now. And right now in the league he's up there like the, the top 3 um, top 3 defensive midfielders in the league right now is party casemiro and rodri in no particular order and oh, i don't know where would you rank them that's actually a, an interesting question where would you rank party casemiro and rodri where would you rank them right now that's actually a good good question because i know what i would do if i'm going to rank them casemiro is first Ah, uh, I think I'd go Rogery, you know, and then party. Don't, and that's, and I love party, and party is doing bits, but yeah, Casemiro, Rodri and then party. That's my three. You in the comments, let me know what you think, and and yeah, we just keep that moving. But honourable shout out to Odegaard as well. He's really stepped up. They've given him the captain's armband, and. He's putting in captain's performances week in, week out. We knew he had the um, quality. We knew he had the potential. But now, you know, if ever giving a, an armband to someone has has made them step up, it's Odegaard. Because before, he would be in and out of matches. He needed the time to settle in and whatever. But you can actually see he's leading by his performances now. He's leading with his performances, sorry. And again, today, there, was, there were times where he would have picked up that boy and look for look for the pass, but no, he's trying to shoot. He's he's getting more goals, he's getting more assists, and his goals and assist contribution this season is is out of the world. And and it's no coincidence that he got last month's Player of the Month award because he's 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 been outstanding again. So yeah, shout out Arsenal. You know, everyone played their part today. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just really happy. North London derby, Arsenal extend their lead to eight points. I can't, you know what? Let me let me try to find what Gary Neville... Gary Neville was saying something. Gary Neville was saying something about... Um, Arsenal. One second, one second. Let me see, let me see. On the Gary Neville podcast, let me just say, yeah. You see Gary Neville, yeah? He's very... He's very bitter when it comes to Arsenal. He's very he's 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 very bitter. I don't like his commentary. His commentary is very much like only when you absolutely necessary and obvious will you praise Arsenal. You know, Arsenal will do something right. He'll be like, ah, oh, but the other team should have done better. Do you know what I mean? And I don't really I don't really like that. So let me find let me find what it is. Yeah, no, Gary Neville just does this thing where he just cannot give Arsenal praise like and even in his commentary sorry even in his commentary or his punditry after the game is there's very much this air of you know but let's just wait and see and you know and that's fair but come on just give some sort of praise instead he's always ah there's a long way to go and blah 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 blah. listen is it me or and there's a part I'm actually looking for but I couldn't actually find it properly just listen to his, his take. Judging it simply because we've got our calendar out of kilter. There is a long way to go. Such a long way to go, listen. Martin. We could have been in a position today if Tottenham had a beaten Arsenal and Manchester United win against Crystal Palace on Wednesday and beat Arsenal next week. Manchester United could have been level with Arsenal. I mean, it's ridiculous that. Can't believe that could have happened. Arsenal have won here today and won really well. But that just tells you what's going to happen in this next month or so. I mean, your calendar will look like mine. There's so many matches that have been put in over this next four or five weeks. I've never known a January and February so packed with fixtures, which is great. And we know why, because the World Cup, obviously the passing of the Queen, has meant that there's been this sort of, if you like... B- mate, mate, mate. There's all this talking going on. All of this talking going on about mate just give just give Arsenal the praise that 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 we deserve please because yeah just 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 give Arsenal the praise that we deserve because it's I'm tired of it do you know what I mean like he's just ugh on commentary today like we get you hate Arsenal we get it but at least give us some sort of praise and what I will actually say just to round up that whole Arsenal stuff is I find it honestly weird talking about like when I see people praising Arsenal, when I see people like Conte, Conte was saying that Arsenal know when to hit, hit on, on, on the attack, but they also know how to suffer and they do the suffering part of it really well, like we had to do in the second half today. And when teams do that, when teams are able to do that, like it means they're ready and Arsenal are ready to challenge for the break. Like I find it so weird people talking about Arsenal like this because it's been such a long time. And um, what I will say as well, is that moving on from, from that in a bit, Arsenal missed out on, on Mudrick here. Yeah? And the thing about missing out on that, what I didn't like, and and I don't know how good Mudrick is. I don't know. I just know that's the guy that has been touted as the next signing. He's been doing the most to try and get a move to Arsenal and whatnot. But I'm seeing... Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I'm... I, I've seen a lot of people talk about Edu Out, Edu Out. And I'm like, why are we so reactionary? At the end of the day now, yeah. I think Yannick, Yannick Malassi even, even said it. At the end of the day, Arsenal did what they were supposed to be doing. Yes, it would have been nice if they wrapped it up quickly. But that deal was gonna get done. It was it was getting over the land. Things were progressing. You can't, you can't like negate for or you can't account for Chelsea just coming and just blowing and just dropping money. Do you know what I mean? And Chelsea are doing this. They're just buying outrageous. I mean they're just spending outrageous sums of money on on all of these players. And they're not doing no scouting. They're just going to hijacking deals and just dropping money in it. And and I don't think it's a case of edu out. Edu like it's I don't know, man. It's that that's me personally. The whole edu out thing. I don't really like it. I don't think it's you know, like I get, there's been times where you want him to get deals done over the line, and it hasn't been done. But you also have to look at the deals that have that have been getting done. Because when we got Jesus over the line, when we got Zinchenko over the line very quickly, no one was complaining. Everyone was just like, oh, Edu, you're doing, you're doing what you're doing, you're doing what you need to be doing," and stuff. And we got Vieira, and it was so. Let's just stop all of this Arsenal fans like Edu, like, like let's just see where we're at at the end of the transfer window and go from there because I'm tired of all of this chat and all this outrage let's just see where we're at right now if at the end of the January transfer window nothing's been done and whatever then you can be like oh do you know what that was a bit disappointing or whatever but let's just wait for the transfer window to be done first cool right Manchester United and Man City so the big talking point in that game (coughs) the big talking point in that game was Rashford offside and when I first saw it immediately I said it's not offside because of the rules but I know that should be given offside but obviously the rules say if he doesn't touch it then Bruno can and I knew that would happen the moment he left that pass and Bruno hit it I knew it was going to be given as a goal but there's no way if if we're really being serious that has to be given as offside. Do you get what I'm saying? And in such a big match, where where there's so where there's so much at stake, you have to you have to give that as offside. And and these decisions, you know, they, they, I don't know who makes these decisions, but they waste so much time changing the rules, and they waste so much time, you know, creating new, you know, loopholes or whatever. I, I don't know that it just messes things up. That should just be given offside, plain and simple. And away from that, you know, Rashford as well scoring again. Rashford's on fire right now, and it just goes to show, like, let players go through that whole growing. Let players go through the ups and downs that players are supposed to have, because in this day and age, you're not allowed to have bad games. You're not allowed to go. Th- you're not allowed to go through rough patches, isn't it? And Rashford went through, and some might say it lasted a bit too long, but he's come out the other side now. And, you know, he's he's showing everyone what he can really do and and what he can really, like, offer. So for me, I've never liked that whole, you know, when players are off form, they just write them off and just say that they're rubbish. You know, back in the day, and, and I know I'm sounding like an old head here, but players, when they were young, were allowed to go through the ups and downs. Whereas now... It's like the moment they're a bit off form, it's just like, "Oh, sell him, get rid of him." He needs to be out the team, like blah, blah. And then they, they come back on form, and everyone just suddenly forgets again. Like, I, I don't, I don't like that. And but it just goes to show where we're at today. But I think Rashford is a great example of what happens when you just allow players to just go through the ups and downs and come out on the other side, you know, better. Hopefully that they've learnt and whatnot. So. You know, let's let's just be mindful of that. And Ten Hag is doing a good, good job. Ten Hag is doing a, a really, really good job at Man United, if I'm being totally honest. And the main thing, it's not just because they beat City, it's how they beat City, especially with... Nah, I'll tell a lie. So that first half, City didn't have the answers. Like, the way Man United had set up, they just locked it down. City couldn't do their passes through through the middle. They couldn't even get down the wings. That, everything was just locked down. And, you know, they, they played on the counter. Rashford had a couple chances and um and they 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 dealt with City really, really well. And Haaland didn't have a sniff, didn't have a sniff in the whole game and whatnot. <clears throat> but in that second half, I was a bit critical because Man City made the necessary adjustments where they would have overloads in in the wide areas in the in the final third. And they created those overloads and United didn't react to that. Which is why when you look at the decision, the goal, it makes it even like it makes it more of a, of a massive thing because City were in control of that game. Up until that moment, City were in control of that game. That game changed everything and suddenly United then go get the energy and push on get that second goal and win the game. But um, I mean, I'm definitely impressed with Ten Hag. I think in the short time that he's been there, he's given United some sort of identity. For years, they lacked any sort of identity. We always used to say that they're just vibes. They just want to wait for someone to come and um, do something and, and like individual brilliance. But right now, they're playing like a team. I think the fact that, Luke Shaw is still playing left centre-back, even when Martinez is fit. Says a lot, you know, in regards to his coaching and and how he's got them playing, how he's got them fit. Varane's looking like Varane again. And also, honourable shout-out to wan Basaka. I'm so, so, so happy for Wan-Bissaka because people were putting dirt on his name. People were absolutely rubbishing him. And for me, wan Basaka was a victim of poor coaching, Poor direction and playing in a poor team in his year, in, in the years where he's developing. In the most important years of his development, he's going through all of that. And now suddenly, a player gets his head down and he's actually being coached by a proper coach. All of a sudden, he's looking a different player. All of a sudden, he's looking like a player that is capable, a player that does have the potential. So again, sometimes we just have to not be so quick to write players off and just say that they're rubbish and whatnot. And we need to actually, you know, give them time to actually show what they can do and grow into their role or grow into their position and grow into the player that that we know that they can become at times. So another example of what I was talking about where we we shouldn't just just rub players out and everything. So honourable shout out to him. To be fair, Casemiro played well for like 15 minutes, if I'm being totally honest. I thought he was off it. I thought it was off it in that match, but I think once they got the goal, he just he just became Casemiro again. And Rodri, oh, Rodri, such a good player, man. But yeah, man, it's 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 interesting. This this title race, are United in the title race? I don't know. I I don't know what this title race is is doing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just don't know what's what's going to happen. It's game by game. Next week it's Arsenal versus Manchester United. We're gonna see where Arsenal are really. I really hope Arsenal give it to them and give it to them proper, because the one game we've lost this season we shouldn't have lost. We shouldn't have lost that game, and it was naivety and poor game management, like which resulted us in which which resulted in us losing that game. And it's funny because when you watch that game, if you if you ever go and watch it back. It's so the way we played and the way we even managed that game is so unlike every other game this season, in regards to how quick we were to to just go gung ho. We, we strayed away from our identity. Yeah, it's just going to be an interesting game: United versus or Arsenal versus Manchester United next week, Sunday. I'm going to go to that game, and we're just gonna we're just gonna see what 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 can happen with that. But yeah, guys, you let me know what you think about. United What you think about Arsenal What you think about The title race What you think about City Um Haaland You know Didn't get a sniff Didn't get a sniff In that In, in that game And And they managed him Really really well Um Yeah Just 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 let me know What, what, what you What you think about that And And one thing I do want to also I do want to mention I want to talk about Fulham Um Yes, Fulham drew I mean Fulham lost to Newcastle. Mitrovic had a mare, missed that penalty or double touched that penalty, whatever. But I wanna talk about Paulina. Paulina and shout out cause because I noticed him, but then I've I, yeah, cause him in, in the group chat was he's a big fan of him. So I I decided to talk about him today. I think when you're playing for teams outside of the big, the big four, big six, your performances tend to go unnoticed unless, unless the actual supporters are watching. And every time I've watched Paulina, he just looks like a good, good player. Do you know what I mean? Like he gets stuck in, but he can play, and he can, and he looks like there's levels that he can get to. So, I just want to give an honourable shout-out to him. I want to give a shout-out to the job that Marco Silva... So, I want to give a shout-out to the job that Marco Silva is actually doing at Fulham as well. I think he's doing such a great job. Um, Fulham right now, when I looked at the table, I'm seeing that they're like 6th or 7th. Like, what, what's going on there? Do you know what I mean? He's he's doing such a good job there. And, and yeah... Like, I just wanted to talk about um paulina. I wanted to talk about Ever- oh my gosh we're gonna get to we're gonna get to everton um I think in regards to how far Fulham can go, i think I think they'll they'll drop off and finish mid table I think europe's a bit of a a bit of a stretch for them, but you know you have to give them credit to to the results that they're picking up midweek they went and beat Chelsea and beat them convincingly again, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm. i got nothing but praise for the job that Marco Silva's doing down there. Paulina's doing good. Um, Tim Ream, I like him. I like him a lot. I like Tim Ream a lot. Who else on that team is, is? I like Mitrovic. You know what? Harrison Reed. That guy is everywhere. And you know, in every team, you need a man like that. A man that is just on energy and running man down. Do you get what I'm saying? Running people down, running the opposition down. Harrison Reed is everywhere. Even against Newcastle today, he was everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And um, honourable shout out to to, to Reed as well. And you know he he does not look out of place at all. And and he's doing like a great job for Fulham this season. So I wanted to talk about them. It. It's not only really the, the the top teams. Um, oh my gosh, what's going on down at Everton? Listen, I'm hearing they're putting. Um, board members in headlocks. You know what I mean. Like it's 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 all going off. Then I don't know how much longer it can last for. Lampard is probably gonna go. He won't walk, but I think they have to sack him soon because some of the performances we're seeing now is beyond a joke, and and they just look like they're just slowly just going downhill, downhill, and it's not even like they're just losing games but still looking like Everton and a bit unlucky they just look like there's no bite there's no fight to them and is that just a manager thing? The fans aren't unhappy with the board they're unhappy with manager they're unhappy with some of the players um, but it's all it's all going off down there but um, amongst all of the chaos or whatnot, I, th- I want to talk about Damari Gray because Everton aren't doing well at all they're not playing well they're not yeah, it's been a bit of a horror show for them. But Damari Gray is... He is playing like someone that is... That has pride. He's playing and showing the quality that we know he has. And and I remember a couple years ago, he actually liked it on Instagram. I said that... This is when he was at Leicester. I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he was to play for a top four club. And I genuinely still believe that Damari Gray can go on and play for a top four club... A, you know what I mean, like, and, and people might think I'm mad for saying that, but he's he's literally one of the few players that's that's gonna leave this season, regardless how it ends with his head held high. Him, Iwobi, who else in that Everton team? Nah, I can't really think of anyone else. So, honourable shout out to Damari great honourable shout out to Iwobi. But um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to. To talk about Liverpool, oh my gosh, Liverpool got absolutely moved to. And I never like to talk about managers getting the sack and whatever. I don't think, but all this talk about Klopp needing to go, I don't think he needs to go. I think just for the, the, the mere fact of everything he's done, he deserves the time. I don't think it's bad enough where we need to start talking about, oh yeah, Klopp needs to go and blah, 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 blah. I think that's very reactionary. I think you have to look at all things involved. I think when teams are on top, there comes a, a, a period where you've got to recycle, you've got to reshuffle the pack. So all of this talk about Klopp needing to go, I think you need to add context. To I think you need to look at the injuries. You need to look at some of the players that need to, changed you you know you need to look at some of the players that have gone the players that haven't come in you need to look at the the fact that there's young players coming through so all of these things being you know included and the fact that he's done so much you have to just give him the time for me I think if they were to sack him it would be that would be a very very poor decision so yes they're not playing anywhere, anywhere near the Liverpool that we've come to know of late but also, I do believe that, you know, let the let the season play out and then start afresh because I do believe that he has some he has something planned for next season, you know, when players are back with the transfers and whatnot. But let's not just be so reactionary, because Chelsea were like that, got rid of Tuchel so quickly. Got rid of Tuchel and Potter's in now, and now a lot of Chelsea fans are wishing that Tuchel was was back. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Let's 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 stop all that. And um, last thing I want to talk about, <clears throat> Yao Felix. Yeah, obviously Yao Felix. There was a lot of banter. There was a lot of banter going around about Yao Felix because obviously he got sent off on his debut and whatnot. But listen, I I always say I'm gonna put the tweet up, but I really want. Hopefully, I remember to put the tweet up of when I said it. But Yao Felix, yeah. He is a different kind of player. And even though he got sent off in his debut, if you're telling me you did not see enough of Yao Felix in that in 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 the moments where he did play, in in the in the short time he played, if you're saying you didn't see enough of Yal Felix, I don't know what you're watching, because he is an absolute baller. And it's funny because you can see his levels above. I'm not going to name other players, but sometimes he's doing stuff on that pitch. And certain players on that team aren't on his wavelength. Do you get what I'm saying? He's different stock. He's actually different stock. So I just wanted to say that, that Chelsea have got a good buy there and it's going to be interesting to see when he finally comes back, how he settles in and, you know, and I think for six months, it's a six month loan. So I think we need to, um, yeah, 11 million for a six month loan is, is, is a lot of money is a lot of money, which is probably why Arsenal didn't get him. But what I hope happens, I hope he absolutely smashes it. Chelsea don't do well, but he absolutely smashes it. And then Arsenal pick him up in the in the summer. That would be ideal. And that would be excellent. So, um, yeah, that's it for me, man. Um, is there anything I'm forgetting, guys? If if so, put in the comments, I'm going to try and get another pod out to you this week. We're slowly approaching 200, episode 200. So, when we approached episode 200, we're going to have a guest. I don't know who that guest is going to be. I need to work that out. But we're slowly approaching it. And um, let me know in the comments. Again, guys, make sure you check out the Son of the Soil documentary. It's out on this YouTube channel. If you're listening to this audio, it's out on Counterattack Podcast YouTube. Just, just search Son of the Soil Counterattack and you will see it. It's my documentary. I put a lot of work into it, a lot of time. I spent a lot of money on it. Just go there and let me know what you think is on this channel. Like, and keep sharing it. And I want you lot to be honest with me. And and I just really, I'm, I'm happy that I finally dropped it. I'm trying to give you more content like this. Um, so yeah, just, just, just go check it out, guys. And you know, I don't want to be pigeonholed into just a podcast. I want you to actually see what I can really offer you guys. So keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Share the documentary. Go on Son of the Soil Doc or Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the bio. That Instagram handle. My Instagram engage hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Engage in the podcast. And um yeah, guys, that's it from me, man. I'm out.